everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Each episode, the three of us each bring a fic to talk about. Nick, what is your pick for this episode? My pick for this episode is a very, very wonderful piece of fan fiction. It's called Like a Steel by Nina Monday, and it is a twice fic. Hit girl group twice. Please look forward to it. Bren! Yeah! What did you bring this week? I brought a new classic. <laughs> it's a classic for us. Mm-hmm. This is like our third time collectively reading it. And collectively like, discussing it. it yeah. My like fifth time reading it. <laughs> um, I brought Timeshare by Astolat. We're revisiting Brenna's Jury Corner this week, folks, so get hyped. Reed, what's your pick? My pick is I Don't Want to Think Anymore by Anapods and Calabang, and it's a pod fic. <gasps> I am really excited to dig into this for a lot of reasons, but um, before before we get into our fix, can I share with you guys a, a fun little story yeah. that happened to me this weekend? No. Oh, well. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I want to hear it. <laughs> this actually, this is not a new story. I did tell you guys um, <laughs> immediately after it happened, but um, I thought this is something that our ficlets might enjoy as well. Um, so dear Ficklets, uh, this weekend I was traveling and I took a ride share and I got into the car and I was like, oh no, my phone is really low on battery. Um, so I asked the guy, I was like, hey, can I borrow your phone charger? He goes, sure. I plug in my phone and immediately it starts (laughs) playing not the last thing I was listening to, because if it was playing that, it would have played, um, something from BTS's new album, Map of the Soul 7, which... I would have been happy to share with my Uber driver. <laughs> However, spread the, spread the good news. Spread the good news. Um, you spread very different good news, though, didn't you? Read? Well, yes, uh, because dear Ficklets, as it turns out, um, it started instead playing from my podcasting app, and the last thing that I had been listening to was Ficklet. <laughs> so I plug my phone in, and I immediately hear Nick's voice coming out oh, of it's this me. man's speakers. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. And I shrieked a little bit, <laughs> immediately yanked my phone out. Reed's a huge fan. Yeah. So when she heard my voice, just like, oh my god. I can't believe it. It's finally her. <laughs> this is amazing. I can't believe it. Um, so I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And the guy was like, oh, that's fine. What podcast? Because I, I said, oh, it was a podcast. He goes, oh, what podcast? I go, my brother, my brother, <laughs> and me. <laughs> Which is, in case you're unfamiliar, three adult men. <laughs> And me! Nicole, I didn't, I didn't know you were a McElroy brother. Yeah, I actually guested wow. um, for one of their episodes. Oh, that's yeah. so fun! Gave, gave some advice to the masses. Yeah. Um, huh. Luckily, luckily uh, my Uber driver was not familiar with the McElroys, <laughs> and therefore so did not know enough to call me out on it. Um, however, a little ways into the trip, he was like, hey... Has anyone ever told you you have a really good voice for YouTube? And I was like, uh, honestly, no. Um, we went back and forth for a bit, and he just was like, yeah, like, you have really good flow. I was like, I don't know what that means, but thank you. You should rap. Um, no, no, I'll leave that to you. Okay. Um, however, it, it was all fine. And then as I was getting out um, at my destination, he was like, um, he's like, you should start a podcast. Think about it. And I went, 
haha, okay. And then got out and uh, immediately texted Nick and Brandon. Was like, oh god, <laughs> we should start a podcast. We should start a podcast. Yeah, that's what the text I got said. Yeah, <laughs> and not. I'm extremely mortified and also this is hilarious. I think it's a really good idea for the three of us to get together, get a mic, get some content. Uh, you know, stir something up. Yeah. I mean, unless to be fair, he did say that only to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe you should go solo. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really think that if I were to go solo, I could I could make it big in the podcasting yeah. world. Yeah, with yeah. what? Mm. I've got some really good ideas, <laughs> such as uh, just you know, I think that I think the thing with podcasting, right, is you want to pull from like your area of expertise. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I think I would say I'm an expert at, and I think you both can attest to, is um, making D and D characters as gay as possible. <laughs> Simply as gay as possible. Yeah. Can confirm. Okay, I think this could be a hit podcast idea. Bear with me. Um, could also could also be the name of the podcast uh-huh. because my current D&D character is named Bear. Yep. She's very gay. She's very yeah. gay. Uh, she has what the group has referred to as the Bearum in that she just keeps collecting girls. Yes, the, the Bear Harem for yes. the uninitiated. <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, I think I think what I could do is every week I could just uh, create a new gay D&D character sort of mm. like throw out some ideas for how you can play it. Um, and then whoever's listening, if they're like, oh, I want to play D&D and I want to be as gay as possible, mm. they could take some of these ideas into the world, into their own campaigns. I think that's a pretty good concept, actually. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be a hit. I think so, too. There's a huge market for that. I think so. That would be my, I think that'd be my yeah. solo podcast. But, well, um, if Reed's going to go solo, then I feel like, Brenna, we need to start thinking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can't let her eclipse us. No. <laughs> So soon. If we're talking about areas of expertise, I feel like I have a couple, but the one that comes to mind first is um, Ficklets. If you if you listen to the first Mistake Monday, you may have caught um, a glimpse behind the curtain of what happens in many of our recordings, which is that someone says something and I simply devolve into improv slam poetry. So I think my thought would be to do a sort of um, live broadcasted show where people can submit their prompts and then I would turn them into beautiful, aggressive, fandom-oriented, maybe, uh, slam poems for just 20 minutes straight. <laughs> would you be willing to give us a sample for um, any listeners who maybe didn't listen to Mistake Monday or mm. are not one of your co-hosts who hear you do slam poetry <laughs> on the regular? Brenna's dreary corner reminds me of when she was a former dreary B N F doesn't mean big name fan means big name friend Brenna a friend to all of us drearies in the house house is a home home like the manor in timeshare stay tuned thank you wow <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's just killer. a taste of what you could hear in my very good show. I, yeah. I'm a huge fan already. Five stars on iTunes. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm as, honored. As evidenced by the fact that I've been reduced to tears. <laughs> um, I, I think it's that's some high quality podcasting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bren, what's your, what's your solo <laughs> yeah, moment? Yeah, now that we've both broken up. Yes. I have, I'm going to have one called I've Connected Them. And... It's not a matchmaking pod. It's going to be a podcast where people can submit different either like ideas, pieces of media, concepts, theories, objects, and I have to connect them either by analysis or conspiracy. Hmm. Yes, Nicole. 
Yes. Um, for, sorry, for benefit of radio, uh, Nick just raised her hand and Bren <laughs> called on her. Well, yeah, I had a question. Uh-huh. Um, what if, you said it wasn't a matchmaking show, but yeah. what if I, the two concepts I said uh-huh. were like me and Mila Kunis? Mm-hmm. Can you connect us? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like, only verbally in my show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like, I could also try and get her number for oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Using all, all of your, like, podcasting. Yeah, yeah. all my inside Hollywood connections. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'll be tuning mm-hmm. in. Okay, perfect. But yeah, the concept of the show would more be me explaining how you and Mila Kunis are, like, connected by some mm. sort of, like, underground network Love. of beekeepers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for the pilot <laughs> episode of Brenna's show to hear the uh, elaboration on that. It's going to be great. I'm excited. I think it's good. I, I mean... Do we even need to do fit click with ideas like this? I mean, this podcast, mm, who knows who knows where it's going, but our individual this concepts. One, this one, I think, is weak. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> this one we don't have content for. Well, this yeah. one we don't have passion for. No. no. No experience or expertise. No. no. This isn't something we've been thinking and talking about for the last, like, ten years of our individual and collective lives. Mm. No. Just something but we- our other individual ideas, now that's something. So I did want to say one thing really quickly. I respect you both very much as colleagues and podcasters, but um, Thank when- you, Nicole. You're welcome. That's, that's all I wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when we eventually um, and inevitably shut down FitClick due to its just incredible weakness as a concept. Because mm-hmm. um, there, there's no... There's no, like, passion. There's you no know? longevity. There's no there's no drive here. I don't um, care about fan fiction. No. It's, it's like, every, you know, like, every week it's a chore. I'm like, ugh. Oh, my fan God. Fan fiction. I gotta read it. Ugh, yeah. It's tough. I didn't recently tweet from the FitClick account. God, I love talking about fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I hate it. So, yeah. So, once this podcast inevitably falls into ruin because right. it just cannot be sustained. Yeah. Where there still are going to be ficlets out there that are going to mm-hmm. have a podcasting void in their life. Um, so, I just want to say, again, respect you both very much. Uh, I, I really want them to listen to my show and not yours. Hmm. Uh, no offense. So, ficlets. <laughs> can they not Can they not listen to all three? Uh, our ficlets are very busy. They have lives. They have, some of them have jobs. <laughs> they have friends. Some of them have lovers. <laughs> Read, please. You want them to listen to three shows in the place of one? Hey, mine's short. So is mine. Okay. Mine is very short. How short's yours? Like 20 minutes an episode. Oh, mine's like 15. Mine's <gasps> like 14. Mine's like 13 and a half. <laughs> Read is like two hours. Mine's is a, my, my, uh, 27 minutes. Every episode is exactly oh. 27 minutes. So because our ficlets are not really going to be able to listen to all three of our shows, unfortunately, I do want to get a sense before I start pouring all of my money into marketing my show, um, which of the three concepts they would be more interested in. So ficlets, as you're listening to this, uh, there is a poll up on the FitClick Twitter between our three shows. Uh, please go and vote. Um, it's incredibly important to us that we hear your voice in this matter, that we are definitely taking seriously, and we, this, the winning show will be produced. <laughs> that is a promise. <laughs> so, please go ahead and vote. Uh, Brenna's is called I've Connected Them. Reads, does yours have a name? Yeah, it's Bear With Me. Bear With Me, right. Shoot, I don't have a catchy name. Um, yes, so I do. So, this is just proof that Nick's yeah. is already <laughs> inferior. No, 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 mine is called... Bren, let's duke um, it out, because we clearly have the superior okay. podcasts already. Fight me, Reed. Okay, let's go. Yikes. 
Well, while they take each other out, um, <laughs> my my show is just going to be called uh, Slammin'. Slammin' with Nick. Well. So you know it's mine. <laughs> so you vote for it. Thank you. So look forward to that. Um, please vote. We, we really need your, your input on this. Anyway, now that we've essentially <laughs> demolished our show and created new ones, should we, like, talk about fan fiction? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm already here, so, like, yeah, might as well. Yeah, I read them. Let's do it. All right. So, my fic for this episode is called Like a Steel. It's by AO3 user Nina Monday. It is a twice fic. So, twice is a hit K-pop girl group. Love them. We'll get more into them later as I, like, go over the fic. But it's a twice fic. There's a bunch of pairings. So, the pairings here are Momo Sana, Nayeon Jonghyun, and uh, Namjoon Jin. Surprise! BTS are here, too! Wow. Wow. Yes. <laughs> they are, they're much less prominent, I think, in the fic. It's mostly mm. about twice, but there is that side pairing. So, if you are a anti-Namjoon... <laughs> Uh, still give it a shot. This is a very good yeah. pick, honestly. Also, like, get your priorities straight. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this might not be the podcast for you if you are anti-Namjoon. Well, let's not alienate our listeners. It's still the podcast for you. We just will change your mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. fair. Great. Uh, this fic is just under 7,000 words long. It's actually, uh, the word count is 6669, so, like, nice. Um, and it's real fun. It's a heist AU. Um, some quick content warnings before I jump into the summary and like overview of it. Uh, first, one of the central plot points is that a, a side, like original character, um, is essentially being like extorted with intimate photos of her. Um, in that same vein, the main characters in this fic are all women and they experience some like interactions with creepy men, essentially. Um, they are fine throughout, but there definitely is some like gross men being creeps, uh, power imbalances, etc. So there's that, and then there's also heist typical violence. So um, there is like a part that has like a needle, FYI, if you're particularly squeamish about that. Um, none of the violence is very graphic though, uh, and yeah, to me it didn't feel any different from like a heist movie that you would watch. So those are your content warnings. Uh, you can't see, but I did finger guns for some reason when I said that. <laughs> Uh, they are it's great so this fic like i said is a heist au uh hit girl group twice uh, is comprised of nine members and all of them are heist gals <laughs> they're in they're on a team that conducts missions not all of them are in the same city for this fic which i thought was really neat uh it jumps around pov a bunch and one other thing that you need to know about this fic is that it was written for a fest so uh for those who are not super familiar in a fic fest People will, like, submit prompts or write to one specific theme. There's not an exchange of fics going on, necessarily. Writers will just sign up and bring an idea with them or take a prompt. And then they will do it. It's like a self-serve sort of fic event. So the fest that this fic is part of is called the Party of Destiny Fest. So if you are in, honestly, literally any K-pop fandom and you have read a fic for almost any K-pop group, 
There is a high chance that you have read a fic in which K-pop idol Jackson Wang of GOT7 fame, I believe, throws a party of some sort. Usually a frat party, not always. Um, but it has become such a meme and such a part of just like K-pop fic culture and has permeated everywhere that the mods of this fest decided to throw a fic fest in which the only common denominator between all of these fics, it's not fandom, it's not pairing, it's not trope, it's that Jackson Wang is throwing a party. <laughs> so the heist does take place at Jackson's party. Uh, it brings me great joy. It's one of my favorite sort of fic fest ideas that I've seen. I love how creative it is, and it's just hilarious. So that's a joy, and this fic is great. Um, what you need to know for this fic, aside from what I've already said, um, is that BTS are also present. They are a hit boy group. Uh, <laughs> if you're not familiar, we've done a fic for them before. But, um, yeah, they are around. Really, it's mostly just one member of BTS, Jimin. But Namjoon and Jin are both also, like, involved and referenced a fair amount. And there's others that, like, pop up. So yeah, um, I love this fic. I think it is super fun. And I was curious, because I think this is the first twice fic for both of you, as it was for me. How did it go? Did you like it? I loved it. Wow. Um, maybe unsurprising, because I've read other stuff by Nina Monday, and she's great. Um, I've never read anything that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I also just, like, I love a good heist fic. There was a solid several years of my fandom experience where um, the fandom that I was in was basically just heist fix. Um, and so it was like really fun to come back to that, even though like in a, like in a new way, but in a way that also felt very familiar. Um, I don't know anything about twice. I see them <laughs> like on my timeline and stuff, but I just listeners, I, my, my brain, my memory is so shoddy and my ability to focus on more than like, two things at a time, it's tough. So BTS, I know them uh, twice. I know sort of the girls, but not really. Um, so I went into this with like not a lot of knowledge of the individual girls. And I thought one of the things that I found most enjoyable about this fic and something that was super strong was that, um, as you said, the POV jumps a bunch, mm -hmm. but like the POVs were all so distinct. Um, I felt like the characterization work that was done, like both in like the writing styles and also just in the details that were mentioned made it so that I always had, like, a really clear idea of, like, who was who and what was going on. I was never confused or lost just because I didn't know these characters. Um, and also it was just really fun. Like, the differences between the sections um, are really fun to sort of, like, look at and see, like, how, like, one girl approaches things versus how another girl does. Um, just the overall tone, how it can shift a little bit. Um, they're also just, they're so fun. Like, their interactions with one another are a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I, I had a really good time reading this fic. I really enjoyed it. Yay. Yeah, this was a very enjoyable read. Um, it made me feel very, like, fandom nostalgic in a way. Like, this fic is written in 2019, but it had such, like, through lines of past fandoms I've been in from, like, a kind of wide array. Um, and even though, like, these these characters aren't characters I've read before. Like Nick said, this is the first twice fic I've read and the girls are all very like distinct in their personalities. Um, there were a lot of things about the fic that I was just like, oh gosh, like this reminds <laughs> me of like this fandom where I can kind of see how this has grown from these other tropes that were really prominent in like previous fandoms I've been in. Um, 
So like, I kind of want to get into that a little bit later, I guess, but that's one of the reasons I really, really enjoyed it. It says in the tags, like, alternate universe leverage fusion, no leverage knowledge required. <laughs> and I wasn't, like, in the leverage fandom because I never really got into the show, but, like, all my friends were, and I was in sort of, like, the related fandoms at the time of, like, like white collar and suits and, like, psych and everything mm. else that was sort of happening in that moment. Um, and this just, like, really took me back to that and also sort of to one defect. So I want to get into those a little bit later, I think, in, like, which tropes kind of come up and just the ways in which fandom sort of, like, grows and repeats itself and, like, evolves upon itself. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. I, like, kind of know the Twice Girls, but not very well. Um, so I think it was just really nice to see a fic where, like, even though there's such a large ensemble cast... Because there's quite a few of them, plus mm -hmm. the sprinkle of, like, BTS and even, like, other idols. Because it's yeah. Jackson Wang's house party, so some of the other, like, Got7 boys are mentioned yeah. and stuff. Um, like, I think Nina Monday did such a great job at making them all so individual and unique, even in, like, a short amount of space. Yeah. And both of you alluded a little bit to, like, the ways in which that uniqueness comes about. One thing that I absolutely loved is that each POV has a different approach to, like, the way the character perceives and processes the world around them. Um, Jihyo is first. She's the leader of Twice, the girl band, and also this heist uh, group, which I think makes sense. Um, and she is so analytical and careful, and she takes in information and processes it as, like, facts and observations in the most objective way that she can. Um, there's a point where she says, essentially, like, she would describe this man's eyes as, like, a shark's flat gaze if metaphors like that were not beneath her, uh, which I love because then later on you have a scene where um, Julie, she is unlocking a safe. Um, and it's a very extended metaphor of her, like, essentially making out with this safe for, like, a full paragraph. <laughs> it's It's very sensual lock picking absolutely that should that maybe that'll be one of the tags that we post <laughs> it just it is um yeah and then you have nyan who when she is even just thinking of her own positionality within the group she's a second in command she seems to float above it all and her perspective both does and does not do that i think it's at odds of the way in which she perceives herself which I loved. There's points at which she is very much seeing the bigger picture. She's making decisions that are not based on just the rash in the moment situations. She stops Jong Yeon from just like murdering Jimin at one point because she's mad. <laughs> she's like, well, it would be pretty bad actually if we murdered him, so we shouldn't. She's the one who uh, decides that like, okay, fine, maybe the three of them should stumble out together drunk and pretend they were just hooking up, even though she hates that concept because it's for the betterment of the group. Um, but at the same time, she also is thinking so closely about like Jongyeon's well-being in that scene. Um, I just love the way in which the actual language changes from perspective to perspective because I think a lot of writers have a very distinctive style, right? I think Nina Monday is one of those writers. Recently she did a fic fest and I was like, I'm on Nina Monday watch because the <laughs> fix went up anonymously. I nailed it, by the way, so please clap. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> This is an audio medium. They'll know if you don't clap. <laughs> but um, I think one of the joys of, of this fic is that the style is able to evolve while still feeling cohesive throughout. So I loved that. I thought it was neat. It's one of my favorite parts about this fic, and it's a big reason that I wanted to bring it for the show to dig more into. 
Nick, you kind of uh, referenced it, but one of my absolute favorite parts of the fic was with um, Nayeon. Sorry if my pronunciation is off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's where she's sort of, like, analyzing herself. Um, and it talks about how, like, when this group was first being formed, like, different members, different girls had different, like, strengths immediately. Some of them sort of had innate skills that were... Um, good for heisting and some of them maybe didn't have those innate skills but took to something really quickly and Nyan didn't really like she didn't have anything specific that she was drawn to but her in her reflection of herself she like thinks about how she kept passing her test she kept winning because she just kept working really hard um and she I think really values herself as in her role as like second in command sort of of the group um as you were saying like she's good at looking at that big picture um maybe in a way that some of the others can't she's good at sort of like figuring out when she needs to step up versus when she needs to sort of play a more supporting role. Um, And I just thought that was like such an interesting thing for a character to do, to not reflect like on, hey, like I'm really good at this thing or like, wow, like I love this part of the job because I'm so good at it so much as like, I am really good as a part of a group. Mm -hmm. Like I am a thing that makes this a whole and like makes this tick and makes this work. Um, I just really liked it. Yeah. Her perspective, I think, was maybe one of my favorites. It was so good. And this whole concept that, like, the thing that she's best at is just, like, taking care of them well. hmm Oh, God. I just, I, we, we discussed this a little bit before we recorded, but I'm so desperate for the 100K Nyan Jongyeon <laughs> spinoff of this. Like, Nina Monday, if you're listening, <laughs> please. <laughs> so you mentioned really liking the Park Jimin of this fic. And, like, this is definitely not a fic, like, about Park Jimin, but he definitely also plays an important role in it. Um, and I think there's sort of, like, two reasons he's interesting to me here. Um, the first is because he's written very much as sort of, like, a like queer-coded James Bond-type villain, and he's not the main villain here. He's sort of more, like, their kind of, like, rival nemesis, um, who's kind of on the same team as them, but, like, doesn't operate in the same way that, like, the Twice girls do. Um, but a lot about how he's, like, he's, like, snarky, and he's kind of aloof, and he's kind of coy, and he's willing to, like, play up the sexual side of the situation, even though he's not actually, like, committed to it being sexual. Mm -hmm. I think all read is very much that sort of, like, quintessential queer-coded villain to me. And, like, it's not just queer-coding in this, like, Jimin is not like Jimin is presented as queer in <laughs> yeah. this fic. Um but I just think it I just thought that that was sort of like an interesting choice and I think it's a I think it's a fun one like he's campy it's fun to read. Um but I think it also like kind of brings you into that very like sort of classic heist mindset where like there often is a foil who sort of is mm-hmm. that character. Um and I think Jimin sending Jungyeon, like, the pendant that he, like, made a joke about at the end, like, really yes. seals that deal. Like, is there anything more sort of, like, classic James Bond villain than, like, yes. opening the present that's, like, the threat, you yes. know? It's so <laughs> arch nemesis. So, yeah, it's really <laughs> clever um, and really fun. But I also think, like, in, in doing that, in sort of making Jimin the one who, even though you like him, he's also on the outside of twice yeah he like presents a really good foil to the girls um like jimin's sort of willing to do things that the twice girls aren't committed to mm-hmm. um or like willing to commit more violent acts than like any of them want to um yeah i just thought it was interesting something i think i really enjoy is that at least in my opinion with most heist fix it like 
I don't want to say the plot doesn't matter, but it's like the the purpose of the heist doesn't matter so much mm-hmm. as like how they get there. Um, in the sense that like, you know, we get this setup that there's this guy, his name is Sun, he has a bunch of blackmail and a bunch of people, they've been hired to sort of like frame him, all these sorts of things. But like that that setup, that framing can be fairly detailed or it could be like nothing it can be like a one or two sentence like here's the excuse i am giving you like now i'm gonna have fun with this like heist structure um that is something that i think makes heist very fun for me we've talked a bunch on the pod before about like the familiarity of tropes and like why we read the same types of things over and over um and i think like i don't know like obviously heist can vary a lot in what it looks like but i think it is for me it's always about like the different steps, right? It's the plotting, it's the diversion on the dance floor, it's the sneaking in the hallways, it's the, you know, having to get around the security cameras, mm-hmm. like... The signal of putting, like, your hair behind your ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't hey, know. Maybe the real heist was just the friends we made along the way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> maybe it was. <laughs> Inspired. Um, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something I really love about heist fic that is, like... Like, I love heist movies, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the Oceans movies are some of my absolute favorites. Um, and I think it's because, like... They're fun, and there's, like, little twists, but they also, like, pretty much follow a pattern. Um, I don't know. I just, I really enjoy it. It's good, because I think, too, like, in in a lot of heist fic, especially shorter heist fic, what you're saying totally makes sense. Like, the premise could be replaced with another premise very easily, and not a lot would change <laughs> about the way the fic is structured. Um and I think this felt very movie-esque, too, with the POV switches, with um, Chewie and Mina in a completely different country doing something totally different, um, with the almost camera angle-esque intro that we get of Jihyo trying to take everything in and keep an eye on everything and make sure it's going to plan. Or Jui, like, gets in the car with Mina and, like, turns around and looks, and there's, like, <laughs> it is loaded with C4. Yes. And she's like, this is enough to take down a building. Explosion and Mina's girl. like, Mina's like mm-hmm. I don't know, like, what if we need it? I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> like, like you were saying, it's like, you know, everyone's sort of, like, slobbing into their roles. Like, explosion girl. Um, it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. I think that's, like, like the tag that's sort of like leverage fusion but you don't need to know about leverage is because it's yeah it's it's definitely referencing all those movies but i think like another reason why we like think of heist fic is so like the the plot is so interchangeable is because i think fandom for a large part draws from like heist procedurals Mm -hmm. namely probably like leverage and white collar is our biggest ones um in which the case by case like doesn't really matter there's often like one overarching like theme or like villain for a season mm-hmm. um and like in this like if this was an episode of a tv show yeah. in which heist were like our main characters like sun the bad guy in this would just be the one-off like character from the the episode like we don't really care about him we're never gonna see him again jimin would keep coming yeah back. Absolutely. <laughs> but like i think i think that's one of the big reasons it's like I think it's definitely, like, the movies that it pulls from, but I think it's also the fact that, like, the authors who I think really made those fandoms big, Mm -hmm. like, were coming from a place where, like, where those narratives were, like, taken from procedurals. Yeah, you say that in the notes of this fic. um, It says, this is a standalone story meant to feel like an episode in a series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, like, yeah, nailed it. Well, I think, like, to kind of get back to one thing I mentioned when we first started talking about this fic is, like, it both sort of feels like a, a an episode of, like, this series where, like, twice are these, like, very cool, very badass, mm-hmm. like, girl group. 
yeah heist but it also kind of feels like an installment in our like decades-long progression of this trope yeah um and like of how this fic is written i think it kind of i think on two fronts i found it really nostalgic on the one front it is that sort of like heist fic feeling like the shows that it's kind of coming out of um the like fandom era that i think really brought some of those tropes to prominence and like kind of spread them through other fandoms as like mm-hmm. writers went off to do like their things elsewhere um but it also just brought back a lot of nostalgia for like other fandoms that yeah. i read in and like okay in my brain i always think of fandom as meaning like pop punk fandom yeah but you know, 1D is bandom too, K-pop mm-hmm. is bandom too, and I think one thing I see in bandom fic that I Beach don't Boys. see is <laughs> Beach Boys was bandom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that I don't see as much in, like, other, uh, like, fandoms that I read for is this, like, trope of sort of taking multiple groups and yeah. putting them together and using other groups to sort of, like, fill out your world and, like, create characters for it. Um, and the way that, like, this is a very much a fic about Twice, but it has, like, BTS, and it has Jackson, and it has a couple of the GOT7 boys, and, like, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff feels super reminiscent of fics I read both in, like, totally. 1D era, where you're, like, populating the world with, like, a little mix, uh-huh. and maybe, like, a Five Seconds of Summer. The Wanted are the villains. The Wanted are the villains. <laughs> and, like, and then going back to, like, pop punk fandom, where it's like, oh, everyone, like, works at different stores in the mall. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, yeah, I just found it really interesting because I think, I think it's clear in this fic how much it's referencing both these direct pieces of media it's drawing from, like TV shows, movies, but how much it's also referencing the fic that's like one step removed from those media sources. Um, and I think like it's, that's just a super interesting thing about fan fiction that doesn't really exist in other media. Yeah. Every fic is fic of fic. Right, you heard it truly. Here first. Exactly. Ficlets. And it's like one of the things that makes it so interesting to look yeah. at and kind of like think about its, its like legacy for each piece, even if that legacy isn't like conscious in the writer's mind. So Like a Steel is a fic where a bunch of gals complete a heist successfully. That, that's really the fic. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I especially if you're looking for a short read, like I said, it's under seven thousand words. Um, it's quick. It's snappy. It's sharp. It's fun. Highly recommend. And most importantly, it takes place at Jackson Wayne's house party. Yes, Jackson's <laughs> party. Everyone, go have a ball. <laughs> My fic for this week is Timeshare by Astolat. It is a Harry Potter, Draco, Harry, Drary fic. Brenna's Drary wow. Corner. How? Yeah. <laughs> We're back and better than ever. Oh. Um, <laughs> so this is a fic that we read when we weren't doing Fit Click as a podcast, but just as a brunch. Yeah. <laughs> And then a fic that we read when we sort of recorded a beta episode to send to our friends. Yeah, to be um, like, does, does this work? Yeah, like, <laughs> could do we you, do this? Do Would you listen, listen to this? Is, is it, it bad? It? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this will be our third time discussing this fic. <laughs> Thank you, Timeshare, for helping us get started. Um, okay, so it's basically a, like a canon divergent fic. It doesn't really fit within canon perfectly, but it's based in canon entirely, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, I think it's set sort of loosely in the summer before seventh year, um, but it picks up 
with Harry and Draco having accidentally become bonded in some way. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, we don't really like know how it happens exactly. A lot of things aren't explained in this fic. It kind of just drops you right in and takes off running. And I think that's one of my favorite things about it. Um, but yeah, it basically deals with them over the summer, staying part of the time at the Dursleys and part of the time at Malfoy Manor, um, and looks at sort of how their relationship, like, develops and what it means to them as, like, at this point in their, like, young adulthood. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the discussion, I just want to mention for content warning, the big one here is child abuse or abuse in general, both, um, referenced and on screen. It deals a lot with Harry's past with the Dursleys and sort of their current um, living situation with both that family and with the Malfoys. Um, so it kind of gets intense in that regard in some points. And it's also just kind of an intense fic in general. Like the sort of shadow of the war to come is looming very heavily. Nothing about this is light or fluffy. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I want to get your first thoughts, but these aren't your first thoughts. <laughs> Did you like my third thoughts? I like your third thoughts. And just also, <laughs> I think, coming back to this fic now after we've done a number of episodes of Fit Click, um, like, if your perspective on it has changed at all after I've made you read other dreary fics. Yeah, that's true. This was the first dreary and, I think, Harry Potter fic I ever read. Um, wow! I know, I read it for Fic Brunch, <laughs> during which we all picked picks in different fandoms and then literally went to brunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, we went out to brunch uh -huh. and discussed. <laughs> it was great. Um, I was very nervous. Um, you know, sometimes, like, there's, I feel like everyone probably has this fandom that's, like, huge, that you know, like, a lot of people are in, but you're kind of afraid of it for that reason, because you've never ventured mm -hmm. inside. You might know of the source content, but the fandom is just so much. Yeah, mine was Harry Potter, so I read the books in, like, a week in eighth grade, uh, and then, like, saw the movies out of order, so, yeah, like, I Harold, yeah. who gives a shit? Yeah, whatever, Harold. <laughs> like, congrats, save the wizarding world, like, cool man, whatever. Um, I did not get dreary, like, I've talked about this a little bit when we, when we discussed Stately Homes of Wiltshire as well, but yeah, it was just not a thing that I ever was like, ah, I need to see those two boys kiss. Like, nah, <laughs> actually, nah. Um, but I read Timeshare and I was like, ah, shoot. Okay, I think I get it now. Um, after reading the fix that we have read, we did Stately Homes of Wiltshire. We did the Sarah's Girl fic that I can't remember the name of. Headlights in the Snow. I got Headlights it. Headlights yeah. in the Snow. Thank you. You nailed it. Yes. So with Stately Homes of Wiltshire, Headlights in the Snow, and now Timeshare. Um, I thought it was really interesting the different ways in which the relationship was approached. I feel like, Brenna, you had described them kind of in three tiers of, like, fluffy and nice. Like, fl fluffy and nice and a little mean. And, like, pretty mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which were all really interesting to me. I really like their dynamic in this. I think this felt the most true to the characterizations mm -hmm. that I was expecting. Um, because, again... I had never been, like, dreary, it's real. I had seen, like, you know, gift you sets on Tumblr. Not at all. <laughs> uh, not even a little bit. Uh, I was like, this is nonsense. Um, so, <sighs> harsh. no offense, dreary stands. Hey, I like dreary now. But I had, like, you know, I've, I'd seen the gift sets. I had seen the people being like, oh, dreary. And, like, Harry Potter fandom, raise your wands. Like, I had oh, seen God. all of that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, let's not even 
Draco there. Let's not yeah. that on Drary. Yeah, that was Drary's fault. No, Draco and Harry both together said, <laughs> "Wizarding World, <laughs> raise your wands." So. I'm just saying, yeah, leave Dr- this podcast Dr- immediately. Was also therefore implicitly responsible for a super hulak, I think. Correct. I think you're right. I think yeah. we're really onto something wow. here. I can't believe we figured it all Cracked out. Cracked the code. Yeah. We've, dare I say, connected them? Oh, oh. I don't know about that. Boo. Okay. <laughs> Save that for your own podcast. Yes, yeah, please. Fine. This is fit click. Um. But yeah, I, I, God, I love this fic. Um, again, third time I've read it now. It's definitely the Harry Potter fic I've reread the most. (laughs) But God, it's just so good. And it did really feel true to this idea that I had of two people who like genuinely held a lot of animosity toward each Mm -hmm. other. And even as they came to some understandings about each other, there was never like a, a beautiful reconciliation that we got in canon. Um, and that's not what I really wanted Fick to give me when we first sort of explored yeah. Drury. So I was really glad that this was sort of my entry point because I think it felt way more accessible than if we started with Headless in the Snow, I would have been like, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, I, I think Neat. we've now like accomplished our like three tiers of yeah, how they yeah, are yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> Brenna's entry level course on Drury. <laughs> okay. Look, if you, hey, listeners, Ficklets. One day we will launch a Patreon. Mm. If you want to be part of Brenna's Drary 101 class, it will be offered as a tier. So just keep an eye Start out. Start saving. Start saving now. Yeah. <laughs> just if you, For this once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> Buy less avocados. Right. Make your coffee at home. Right. Yes. Super easy to save enough for then you can... <laughs> Drary 101 class by Brenna. you it. <laughs> it is so wild to me that this was your first introduction <laughs> to Drary. Um, we definitely talked about this with um stately homes of wilshire um or maybe headlights in the snow i don't know we've definitely talked about this before in the pod that like <laughs> in Dreary corner yeah Ow! well about how like Drury was my introduction to fandom i spent many mm-hmm. years reading nothing but Drury, and Whack. then i moved on to other <laughs> <Hey>. things <laughs> no offense um, no i just need like are you in any position to talk yes everyone knows it's very cool to get into fandom because of clean <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool very cool and sexy brenna God! <laughs> anyway, go ahead, read. Oh, sorry, okay. Your high horse. Well, you know, for better or for worse, my introduction to fandom was dreary. Um, and I spent many years there, and then I moved on to greener pastures. <laughs> and then, you? well, different pastures, I suppose. <laughs> um, and then Brenna brought me back. Um, and this was. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. That's the very 201 Drury course on Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reintroduction. That's what we went through. Yes, I uh, can say definitely worth it. Um, this was such a good fic to come back with. Um, and I think in part it's because, Asalot, if you're listening, just thank you for every fic you've ever written, always. Um, I just, Asalot is so clever. And I think one of the things I love the most about this fic is not just the fact that they're mean, which obviously I love, but... Brenda, kind of how you alluded to, like, this fic doesn't explain a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I think it just, like, really, really speaks to um, how talented of a writer Asalot is, that, like, it just throws you in. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of get in the beginning, they're, like, on their way to start their, like, summer vacation, they're, like, all angry about it, and Hermione's like, don't worry, by the time the semester starts, like, the unfettering brew will be ready, and you're like, oh, okay, so they're bonded. Mm-hmm. And right. it's just, there's a lot of information in the mm-hmm. fic that gets revealed that way, where it's like... 
this thing has been happening for longer than like is made explicit to you um and the way in which information gets revealed or which doesn't like the way in which you just sort of have to like piece things together um is so clever and so good um i also just thought like the the format of it like the fact that it is like you get some time, like, you start at the Dursleys, mm-hmm. and then you move to Malfoy Manor. I think that works really, really yeah. well. Like, I'm sure we'll get more into, like, the plot and stuff later, but just, um, I think this is one of those fics where, like, we've talked before about fics where everything is, like, really precisely done, and this feels like one of those fics that maybe not, like, maybe not as much as others where it's, like, a very short fic, and so every word has to be very specifically chosen, but I do think, like, all of the choices are very deliberate, the, like, framing of it. Um, and it all works really, really well. And I found, like, even on a third reread that, like, I was like, oh, there are things I thought I knew, and then I'm putting even more pieces together this time. And so it's fun to be able to discover new things about a fic. Um, especially a fic that is, like, not particularly long. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, one of the things I found really fascinating about this fic, and one of the things I was sort of, like, almost hesitant about it when we first brought it and like I knew it was gonna be like Nick's first Jerry fic or like the first one Reed had read in a while is that for me it felt like one of the reasons it could get away with just dropping you in is because it has these hints of things that I'd read in a lot of other fics or like had kind of become almost like fanon um like, Reed, you mentioned this bit where, like, Hermione's sort of like, oh, don't worry, like, by the end of the summer, like, the unfettering brew. And I've read so many, like, accidentally bonded fics where, like, there's this search for, like, the potion and how you're gonna make and all this stuff. And this doesn't have any of that, but, like, my brain can easily fill all that in based on everything else mm. I've read. And I think Asalat does such a clever job at sort of, like, slotting this fic into a kind of a fandom moment almost mm. and it almost he like reads on a comment as like a commentary on these other like fandom tropes that are really present in this fandom too um these tropes of like accidental bond fic and i think there's some really clever twists that it takes to kind of play with that idea um one of the things that i wanted to talk about with this fic is and like with the idea of the information that you don't get is in a lot of accidentally bonded fics and a lot of fics that sort of take this premise one of the sort of plot arcs is like you're watching them become more and more intimate with each other as like their relationship progresses this fic kind of skips all of that Mm -hmm. and then one moment you just realize that they've been hooking up basically the whole time it's so well done and I think it's a moment that just totally caught me off guard because I kept waiting and waiting for it to happen. And I think it's such a clever twist on not just this trope of accidentally bonding, but on like what we as readers expect from certain fics. And to just sort of like pull the rug out from underneath us a little bit and be like, ha ha, I got you. Like they've actually been hooking up this whole time and you didn't even know, but it was right under your noses. It's so good. And now that we've all reread it, I think we were talking about how we keep noticing like little signs earlier and earlier, but we didn't even like pick up on them. Mm -mm. Or you sort of write them off as like, okay, maybe this is like, so their their first like moment together. This is like growing into something, but I'm sure I'll see it when it happens. Yeah. And you just don't, because there's other things that are happening. Uh-huh. And be- also because the characters are blatantly not thinking about it. Like, mm. they don't want to touch it, and so we're not touching it yeah. either, because it's not happening. Yeah. 
I um I found my notes that I took for our first fake brunch. So pre podcast. <laughs> um and so there's like a bit there's like a line that's like um uh anything that happens after they said goodnight like doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And my notes like when I was originally reading as I was like as exactly what you're saying, I was like, oh okay, so I, I'm pretty sure like this is implying they're yeah. like hooking up, whatever. And then like a scene or two later they like have been like not, uh, intentionally not touching one another, and they sort of like touch and then just start like furiously making out. And I was like, I was like, this feels kind of abrupt. Yeah, I was like, this feels kind of abrupt. And like reading back in my notes again, I was like, that's hilarious because yeah. I do the reread and I'm like, oh, there were just so many hints mm-hmm. given earlier that I just didn't pick up on because they were subtle, but like they're there. Well, because um, with that first line when it's like anything that happens like after they say good night doesn't count or whatever. My brain went to, like, oh, like, you know how when you're at a sleepover and, like, you turn the lights out and you're, like, good night to your friend and your friend's, like, good night. And then, like, ten minutes later, you're talking about, like, the universe and, like, your <laughs> goals and your deepest fears. I was like, wow, dreary sleepover talk. I love this. I wasn't well, expecting pure. it. And then I was like, oh, no, they were banging, actually. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but also, it like, doesn't feel, like, unsatisfying in any way. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, oh, yeah, she, like, no. ripped me off of, like, not getting to see the development of their relationship. Because what you're seeing instead is, like, all these other ways that they're coming together and starting to understand each other on mm-hmm. other levels than the physical. And the physical is sort of the one that we expect to be happening alongside it. And I think they sort of take it out of the qu- equation, not, like, entirely, but partially. And then they sort of put it back in later on, like is very, very clever and just sort of, like, refocuses the fic in a different way. Yeah. Um, And also, like, um, it's it's made clear from the beginning of the fic, not only can they not uh, go far from one another, but what happens to one, the other feels. Yes. Um, So there was, like, a reference to how, like, you know, in the beginning, when they first got bonded, like, they... Uh, like they were angry and they like I think it was like Harry tried to punch Draco yeah. but it was like punching his own face um <laughs> so there's like you know there's all of that and so like Nick said when there is the scene where like Draco is being beaten by his father like Harry feels all of it yeah um and there's like one of those one of those things where I was like upon a, a reread something I didn't notice before is like Harry feels a lot of understandably uh trepidation going into Malfoy Manor and there's a line that's like but he knows, like, he's like, whatever they do to Harry, Draco will feel. So, like, he knows he'll be safe. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Horrible. Awful. Um, but, God. like, can I branch off that into a uh, the immediate after scene? Which sure. is, like, yeah. which I love yeah. so much. Um, which is much more pleasant. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's another one of those things that I was, like, it's so cleverly done um, where... You know, so it's the aftermath of what happened to Draco, and um, Harry, like, goes to put, like, ointment on Draco's back and realizes that when he touches the welts that they start disappearing. And so he, like, just through touch alone, he heals all of Draco's injuries. Um, and there are some old scars on his body, and, like, Harry sort of, like, puts his hand on, and, like, it says he sort of tugs at the magic. Mm-hmm. And he pulls, and then the scar is healed as well. And Draco's, like what the fuck was that? And Harry's yeah. like, I don't fucking know. Um, and they write <laughs> to Hermione that's about it. exactly how Astolette wrote it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Verbatim. Verbatim. Yeah. Um, I don't fucking they, know, do you? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, and they write to Hermione about it, and Hermione's like, probably don't do that, or you're gonna be permanently bonded. And they're like, haha, noted. Um, She's also like, do, do not sleep together. And they're yeah. like, haha, <laughs> noted. <laughs> um, 
And so at the sort of towards the end of the fic, um, Narcissa sends them out to like repair a wall that's been broken at Malfoy Manor. Um, and there's like a, a triggering mind spell that happens and Harry's like entire chest gets caved in. Um, and he's going Yikes. to die. Casual and fun. Casual and fun. And ah. he's like going to die. <laughs> and Draco's like, hmm, nope. So Draco heals him and then Harry's fine. And then Draco keeps tugging and keeps pulling. Um, and Harry's like, Draco, like, I'm good. And Draco's like, no, you're not. And Harry realizes that there's this, like, film that's been over him that he didn't even realize was there. But now that he's taken notice of it, it's horrible. Uh, the fic reads, but now it hurt. Hurt so much that there were tears starting in his eyes, tears dripping on him. Draco was crying with it. His whole face screwed up desperately and still pulling. Harry started trying blindly to push at it, too. He didn't know what it was, but he could feel it now. A horrible, filmy thing over every part of him that didn't want to come off. They both yelled together, a wordless, furious final push, and abruptly Draco was toppling back from him, hands covered with blood, and something worse. Something green and miasmic clinging to his hand, and it was out. It was out. And, uh, hey, what Draco did is he pulled out Harry's horcrux. Yeah. <laughs> I... Casual and fun. Casual and fun. I have never, in all of my years of reading Terrific, I had not read something like yeah, that. it's intense. Yeah, we've discussed this fic three times, and I still, like, scream yeah. about this. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it's it's an incredibly, like, visceral scene. Yeah. And something, it feels so horribly intense in that moment to them. Um, and, like, you know it's life and death, but then it kind of crosses that boundary into something even further. And I think this is also where I think, like, where the the sort of, like, world-building, like, magic-building of yeah. this fic I find really fascinating. Um, it does it in such, like, small little turns, but each one is so perfectly, like, laid out to help us understand, like, their relationship. And this is one of those. Like, the fact that, like, Draco could do that is bonkers mm -hmm. and horrifying. Yeah. And that's such, like, a, like... He's, like, not just healing Harry, he's changing Harry in yeah. this, like, fundamental way. Yeah. Well, it's like I was saying, like, like, in the previous, like, scene where they had discovered that they could heal one another, Harry heals one of Draco's scars. At no point did I at all think that that would then build to, Whoa. um, yeah. Draco pulling the Horcrux out of Harry and, like, Harry being healed of his right. scar. Ah, Asselot, you've done yeah, it again! But the line is there, like, scar to scar, it is there. Yeah. It's just we wouldn't think that it would go there. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's well, I think so this whole thing is sort of on the premise of like we didn't think it would go there. Like it always pushes yeah. you one bit further than your brain was at, and I yeah. feel like it sort of yeah, like what I was saying earlier, it just plays a lot with what we what we expect from fan fiction, and not to say that like oh, all fan fiction is the same, and we all write the same narratives, and we always fall in love, and the light-haired one and the so dark-haired one. <laughs> but I think because we've watched tropes play out in certain ways, and like especially within a fandom, you sort of get used to things like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing there, and like people have their own twists and takes and stuff, but it just gets pushed so far here. And the sort of like comforting little nods to other like fic or to like fanon or to canon are kind of eliminated all we're left with is sort of like the horrible parts but it's really good <laughs> yeah well it's also like we were talking about earlier the fact that they actively like are witnessing the worst of each other yeah. this is like the scene where this horrible thing that's been 
inside of on around Harry and like clinging to him for so long becomes visible and Draco is the one that's holding it. Like there's something incredibly intimate about that too. And I think it's really telling too that when they're witnessing sort of each other's situations, um, I think that is something that can engender like anger and frustration as well because they both have felt incredibly helpless in their own situations or at least like there's nothing that they themselves can do to make them change and then they witness someone else in a different situation of abuse that they feel like they would be able to almost like Mm -hmm. handle like it's a really ugly train of thought for them to go down but it's very realistic and like when we see harry really blow up it's kind of about that. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, like, we see Malfoy get really mad about it, too, with, like, the Dursleys. Like, Oh, totally. You know, he doesn't understand, like, why Harry puts up with being treated this way. Yep. Ugh, yeah, it's it's so much. And, like, there's, there's a juxtaposition of, like, having no family at all and, like, Harry looking in the mirror of Erezad and seeing, like, oh, my parents mm-hmm. versus, like, for Draco his family is the thing that is hurting him and that is scaring him and that he cannot escape or let go of because like he's a Malfoy and that's a legacy. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, deep down he loves them. Yeah. And he can't, he can't do anything but stay and like continue leaning into that. Like, and they're so young. (laughs) Yes. They're very young. (laughs) It's very sad actually. (laughs) Considered very actually sad. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Everyone, I ha- I'm coming in with some fresh, hot, dreary thoughts in 2020. <laughs> I'm sad that they were young <laughs> and hurt. <sighs> it's not fair. There's a bit when you were talking about family that I thought of that is also, it's like, I think the point where Harry is exploding. <sighs> um, yeah. Where they're, they're fighting about, you know, I, it's sort of about their respective families and, and their situations. Um, and Harry is is like... Uh, angry at Draco for sort of giving into the fact that, like, you know, his dad's a Death Eater and they, like, mm. work for, um, Voldemort. <laughs> Thank you. You can't Thank say you his name. Censored. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yes, they We'll censor it in post. Great. Um, but so he's exploding at Draco and Draco had said something earlier about, like, oh, like, if you could have gotten your family back, like, I'm sure you would have. Like, you would have done horrible things. Um, and Harry says, like, your father had a choice, didn't he? He picked Vol. Fine. He picked you-know-who. My family didn't get to choose. He came to my house, murdered my mom and dad. He tried to kill me in my crib. That's what your dad signed up for. And if you sign on for it too, don't expect me to care that you're doing it for him. I wouldn't murder someone else's family to have mine back. I wouldn't. And if you would, you're just as big a beast as he is. Whoa. Oh, God. I think that's also really reminiscent of like an earlier moment where Harry blows up at Draco when Draco's being shitty about the Dursleys being muggles. And like, that's where Harry came from. And Draco's like, don't you hate them? And Harry's like, oh, fucking course I hate them like mm-hmm. do you think I couldn't but like I don't hate them in the way you hate them like you hate them because you yeah. think that all muggles are like less than you um yeah and it's just so good and I think he says like um I'm not gonna be anything like them and you are with all your rot about being better than other people and looking down your nose at anyone who's not your kind and it's so good because like I think these moments of anger like really allow them to kind of move past those things as well it's like who else is who else are they gonna say this shit to yeah harry's not gonna say this like hermione yeah or, like ron <laughs> hermione, ron. Would, be, hermione ron. would be a very bad choice about <laughs> yeah you hate them because they're muggles <laughs> hermione you hate them <laughs> hermione i know you do <laughs> um jager doesn't like have friends 
in this pic. Yeah, correct. <laughs> in some other ones he does. Um, but yeah, I, 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 those moments are just so intense and so good. Yeah, and like in this fic too, the the moments of anger I think really highlight a canon trait of Harry's, which is righteousness. Yeah. Like imagine being told you are like the chosen one. Like your whole life, like you're 11 at this school and the headmaster is like, Harry, you're, you, you're, you're the one, boy. <laughs> boy. Boy. <laughs> But, but like, I am the chosen one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, what would that do to you psychologically? Like, of course he thinks he's right. If he's not, then that is, like, an internal failure. And it's... If he's not right about all of these things that he holds as very firm core beliefs, then that has terrifying implications on his role as the person who's supposed to save the world. So, like, of course he has to be angry and feel like he's right about it. And in this case, like, I agreed with a lot of Harry's points, honestly. <laughs> But, like, I feel, I get the sense that even if I didn't, he would still believe them very firmly and he would be incredibly stubborn about it, not just because of an inherent stubbornness, but because there's no other way to cope with the fact that you are the person that everyone is relying on when you are so young and, like, scared of what is ahead. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the ending because it's very good. Hashtag end. Hashtag end. Well, yes, the literal (laughs) end of this fic is uh, hashtag end. We're going to be talking about social media AUs now. (laughs) Um, Well, just before that, though. Ah. um, So, as a result of Draco saving Harry's life and then pulling the Horcrux out of him, um, their bond does become permanent, and they are no longer tied to each other in the way that they were before. So, like, Harry can sense, like, where Draco is and even sort of, like, put himself in, like, Draco's perspective. But they can, like, wander from each other as far as they want, which a lot of this fic is about the fact that they can't go more than, like, a room away from each other. Um, so at the very end, they're at a train station, uh, and the fic reads, um, it's, from Harry's perspective, it goes, he didn't feel the pull at all. He could have gone to the whole other end of the platform if he wanted. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. He went back down and sat next to Draco and handed him one of the chocolate bars. And I just, it's so good. I mean, it's so Harold. good. Harold. Harold. Uh, it's so good because it's so poignant like right like they spend this entire fic being angry about the fact that they can't go like more than 10 feet away from each other and then at the end it's like making that conscious choice to like be together um but also in our in our previous discussions of this fic um we kind of got into also how it like mirrors the king's cross like scene Mm -hmm. Um, from the books slash movie, and Brent, I think you had some very good thoughts on it when we talked before. (laughs) Yeah, let's see if I can remember them. Um, no, like, the first time I read this, I, like, didn't think about that at all. I was like, ah, cute, train, love it, they've chosen each other, it's intentional, it's very, like, straightforward, too, which I love. And then the second time I read it, I was like, (gasps) wait! (laughs) so much of how this end bit is written is super reminiscent of when Harry dies. He, he dies, sort of, yeah, he dies. Yeah. And he's, um, in, like, the white train station, and Uh it's kind of like King's Cross, and Dumbledore's there, and Baby Voldemort's there, Mm -hmm. super important. Yeah. (laughs) Um, like, faced with this, like, this choice that's only up to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dumbledore's there to, like, say some Dumbledore shit, and Mm -hmm. it's like, whatever. (laughs) I'm so fucking done with him. Anyway. (laughs) But his wisdom, Brenna. (laughs) Kill me. (laughs) Um, then you'll have to face Dumbledore <laughs> yeah, I will! <laughs> and I'll kill him, too. Oh, <laughs> God. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, like, Harry has to, like, make this choice about whether or not he wants to go back, and it's really only up to him. Um, and I think, like, sort of the echoing of that scene here makes Harry's choice feel so purposeful and so loaded. Um, and I just, like, thought it was so clever to reference that scene in, like, such a, like a small kind of subtle way it's not like and then the, and then they were at king's cross and it's kind of like that scene yeah, where harry yeah. dies because like also technically that hasn't even happened in this right. yet like it's not like harry's thinking back to like the last time he was at a train station was like when he died he doesn't know that shit that shit hasn't happened will it happen i don't know <laughs> fair but yeah like the the last line of this fic is just together they waited for the train and it's so simple and so straightforward. And I think, like, in this fic where so much of it is about this, the choices that they didn't get to make for themselves, like, so much of it is about, like, this bond they didn't agree to, these, like, Harry, like, Harry's family he, like, didn't agree to have, like, Draco's family who are Death Eaters, and he, like, he didn't sign up for that, you know? Like, these things that they don't really feel like they had a choice in, but now are so, like, part of them. And, like, the chosen one thing, too. Mm -hmm. Like, Harry didn't have a choice in that. Um, yeah, I think it's just, like, it's a fix all about these choices that they didn't really get to make for themselves, like, how they're trying to cope with that and how fucked up and miserable it is. And at the end, they finally get to make this choice for themselves. And I think it's really clever how it echoes, like, the biggest choice Harry ever had to make in canon. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, um, that's Timeshare, baby. It's really very good. It's... <laughs> honestly fucking incredible like every yeah. time I read it I'm like yeah I mean I sort of jokingly called it like a modern classic at the beginning of this pod but like I think in a lot of ways it kind of is I think it really taps into what keeps this pairing going for so long um and like really ties back to like generations of people who have written Drary <laughs> which is kind of a wild thing to say in fandom but it's honestly true um yeah I just love how how much this feels like it really stays a part of Fanon and sort of like the legacy of this pairing but also like totally dumps us on our heads and makes us feel like fools in the best way possible <laughs> so my fic is I Don't Want to Think Anymore by Anapods and Calabang it's a hockey RPF fic it's EJ Gabe um, and it's a pod fic but it's a little bit different um, for most podfics. Um, before I get into that, though, the only real content warning that I have for this is just injuries. Um, the premise of the fic is that EJ has a concussion um, and cannot look at his like phone. He can't look at any screens, but he's not like um, sensitive to auditory stuff. So the entire podfic is a series of voicemails that he's listening to. Um, so when I said that this was, like, a little bit different from a regular pod fic, um, our dear friend of the pod, Cassie, uh, actually sent me this. Um, she was like, hey, I came across a really cool made-for-audio fic that I think you'd enjoy. And when I first read it, honestly, I was like, oh, made-for-audio, like, what does that mean? Like, just pod fic. Um, no, actually, as it turns out, uh, it's a little bit different. So, um, as I said, this, is, this fic is a collaboration. Um, the person who's reading the pod fic is Anna Pods. Um, they have on the fic, in their notes, it links to, um, two different Twitter threads that sort of were the conception of this idea and sort of some elaboration about, um, future made for audio fic. Uh, their Twitter is currently locked, 
Um, but I reached out to them and I was like, hey, would it be cool if I talk about the tweets that you reference in the fic? And they said, yes. So, Thank you, and they said, Fuck no, read. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my DM. But no one can control us on fic click. Wow. Anarchy. No, Anapods, Anapods we really very love nice. you. <laughs> um, yeah, she was very sweet. And so um, the original thread says, um, thought concussions etc uh no screens right what about audio what about audio recordings what about audio messages from your best bud what about epistolary fic um and i guess that's kind of where this started so this fic was written specifically uh to be an audio fic um and the way that it does that is not just that it's like a series of voicemails but there's a lot of like really really clever editing um and we also, we reached out to Anapods and we were like, hey, would it be cool if we um, played a clip of the fic in this episode? Because um, unlike our other fics where, you know, like we'll read to you different sections that we thought were interesting, um, we think that it would be helpful, like in uh, context for this conversation, for you guys to sort of hear what we're talking about. Um, so before we really get into the discussion, we're just going to play a small clip of this fic. Hi, Eric. Gabe again. I figured uh, you'd want to know how the game against the stars turned out. We won. 3-2. Nate scored twice. I think Tyson was trying to get him a hat-trick, but no dice. I hope you're feeling better. I'll let you know how the rest of the trip goes. Talk to you later. You have 16 new messages. Hi, honey. It's Mom. I know you said everything is fine, but... You just let me know if you need anything. Uh, okay. I love you. Bye. You have 15 new messages. Yeah, so as you heard, um, not only is it a bunch of voicemails, but the editing on this is really freaking cool. Um, I have so much admiration and respect for how much work must have gone into this. Yes. Um, <laughs> It's one of the things when I was listening, I was like, oh, like, this is really immersive. And the more that I listened, the more that I was just sort of, like, blown away by how detailed um, Anapods and Calibang made this. Because um, something that I really like about it is I think it would be very easy for this to just be a fic that is Gabe calling EJ a bunch of times and, like, the sort of slow progression of their relationship. Um, and instead, there's a whole bunch of different calls. Um, EJ gets calls from different members of the team. He gets a call from his mom. He gets... Um, a spam call mm -hmm. uh and it's like the editing in this is so clever because um you know he'll listen like all the way through to a message that Gabe leaves and then he'll hit next um and then he gets halfway through a sort of a spam message and it cuts off because he deletes it um and the first time that I listened to this I was like oh that's really cool and the second time I listened to it I was like oh there's actually like uh way more deliberate choices made to this than I even realized the first mm -hmm. time um so the premise of this fic, I guess, before I get too deep into it, is, again, EJ has a concussion, he's out, um, but he can listen to things, and it sort of starts with Gabe being like, hey, I'm gonna just call and, like, update you on how we're doing on our games and stuff. Um, he's like, just, like, check up, check up on you, like, make sure you're okay. Um, and then, like, you know, there's, like, some more calls, some more calls as Gabe is checking in, and then, like, a few other teammates start calling in, um, and you're halfway through the voicemails when you realize that like EJ has not been calling anyone back. Yeah. He hasn't been responding to anyone. Um, and some of the other members of the team start being like, Hey, Gabe's a little worried. And then it's like, Hey, you're kind of being a dick. Like, let us know <laughs> that you're okay. Um, and so you get 
throughout this fic, not just the progression of um, EJ and Gabe's sort of relationship, but you get EJ's um, mental and uh, physical state, which is something that uh, Anapods gets into in their free talk. Um, but it, like, presents this sort of um, broader view of EJ's life that I think is really interesting and that I don't necessarily know you would get um, in a fic with this premise otherwise mm. that I really enjoyed. Um, before I go into all the reasons that I just thought this was so, so cool, um, I want to hear what y'all's listening experiences were, especially given that, like, I'm someone who's listened to a little bit of podfic, but, like, not really. Um, Nick is, I'd say, fairly deep, uh, in podficking. You've done some podficking, you listen to it a bunch, and Bren, uh, not as much. <laughs> this is the only one I've listened to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Hello. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Brian? The person you were trying to reach is not <laughs> available. Wow. Um, no, I thought it was super fun. I yeah. I maybe I've listened to like a couple I don't I don't know. I really couldn't tell you if I've ever, ever listened to Podfic before, which leads me to think I haven't. At least not all the way through. Um Yeah. I think maybe a big reason for that is because I always read fic just like on my phone in bed. Um and I usually don't have like headphones in. Mm. Like that's I don't fair. know. Like the times I would like the times where it would be conducive for me to listen to Podfic, like in the car or walking to the grocery store. The times I listen to podcasts, it just like never crossed my brain. And now maybe <laughs> I'll like try because it was actually really really fun to yeah. do this. I like, listened in the car yesterday and I was like, hell yeah! Like it was fun to have someone telling me a story, <laughs> and like a very good one. Um, yeah, hugely impressed with the editing. Um, as someone who has tried to edit Fit Click. Audio shit is hard. Right. I'm not good at it. <laughs> so I was really impressed with like just how neat and clever it all was. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Like, there's obviously different people who call EJ, and we can kind of tell that not just through what they're saying, but how their little sections are written. And I had a lot of fun kind of trying to guess like what was going to happen next or who was going to call next. <laughs> because it is all just read by Anapods. So even though they do change their voice a little bit for different people, you can tell it's the same person reading. You know, it's not like there's like a full ensemble cast. Um, and I kind of liked that. Like, I don't know. It just, it kept me like on my toes a little bit while listening um, of wondering like what the next voicemail was going to be and kind of trying to guess at it. Um... Which isn't, like, an experience I have while, like, reading. Right. And I think, like, there's something really satisfying in being held to the pace of the plot. Normally, I can just sort of, like, visually skip down a yep. few paragraphs and, like, kind of check to see what happens next. And I do that a lot when reading fic. Um, I don't usually, like, scroll more than, like, what I can kind of see on the page. But mm -hmm. I definitely, like, jump back and forth. And you're kind of always getting this sense of, like, what's coming next. Yeah. Like, reading, mentally reading ahead a little bit. You're reading and you catch a glimpse of, like, toward the bottom someone mm -hmm. does something and you're like... <gasps> right, exactly. And that's very much how I'm accustomed to reading. And so I think to be sort of held in place by the fact that I'm only listening... Mm -hmm. um, it's a really different experience and one that I very much enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, as a as a PWP myself, uh, person who podfix, I... I don't know that you that's want what to use that stands, acronym. Isn't um, that what that stands for when people tag that on, like, fix and stuff? It's person who podfix. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anapods, a legend in the podficking community... She does so much. She has written, or not written, she has podficked so many works. 
she is like such a generous kind of person in giving out like tips and advice um and also like creating content for people so okay a thing that you all need to know if you have never listened to a podfic um first if you enjoy listening to this podcast honestly i think you would really enjoy podfic <laughs> um i think it's great personally i listen to it a lot while i'm driving while i'm like i used to when i was in college like walking to and from class when i'm doing chores sometimes i went on a run while listening to this one actually which was really fun i really liked it um it was actually also really fun to do something sporty while like listening to a hockey fic but um podficking is like I think one of the sort of purest fandom creations that you can make because no one really podfix for clout. <laughs> like when I podfix something, even if the fic is hugely popular, even if I'm like, wow, I did a great job on this. Um, not that I'm like always thinking that, but if I do, I'm, I'm not imagining I'm going to receive more than maybe two or three comments and like a handful of kudos and like a few bookmarks. Like, Podfic is not a huge thing in fandom. It's it's fairly small. A lot of the podfic that is created is created for other podfakers. The podfic community is like its own fandom almost, and I know a lot of people in it that I don't even share other fandoms with. Um, but there is this sort of connection and community with this very almost like micro hobby within the fic realm. Um, this one in particular, again, like we said, and like you heard, the editing is fabulous. It's so clever. It's so neat. It's so tidy. Anapods, teach me your secrets, please. God, it's so great. Um, there also is a free talk at the end, which I loved. We're going to get a lot into that, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that's pretty unique to podfic as well. Um, sometimes fic writers will share, like, liner notes or an outline or something, but it's usually not shared, like, in the same space as the fic itself. Um, sometimes the end notes, sometimes other things, but for the most part, free talk is a very podfic thing where you're talking about the, not only the creation and the process that went behind making the podfic, but also what drew you to the fic itself, what you like about it, um, how you interacted with something that already existed in a fan creation form. I just think it's great. I love this. I love that we get to talk about podfic on this show. I think not enough people, A, really know that it exists or how to find it, um, Go to your favorite fandom on AO3 and search podfic or like search podfic with a work title and see if there's one that exists. Um, but also like, I don't know, I think it's underappreciated and I think that people would like it if they gave it a chance. So I'm very excited that we get to be like, hey, give podfic a shot because it's great. One of the things I think is super interesting in that you were just saying is with most of the time with podfic, it's people like finding a fic that they really like or whatever and engaging with it. And this is... The opposite, in yeah. that it was written to be mm -hmm. podfic. Um, which is, I think, part of what drew me in. Again, as someone who's, like, listened to some podfic, but I don't usually, like, gravitate towards it, I was like, oh, this idea is, like, super, super intriguing. Um, and Anapods has, like, a lot of ideas of, like, other sort of yeah. similar things. Um, this is also pulled from their Twitter threads. So some of the ideas that they were just, like, floating as other, like, made-for-audio things were, like, um, an audio version of a get well card or like a live chat in a locker room. Um, they said, uh, quote, might be kind of weird, but what about something timed by the clock in a game? They like announce the time or something and have that be the actual podfic time, include sounds and or terminology from the games themselves. Um, when you when you said that, like last night when we were talking, all I could think about was Hunger Games podfic. 
<gasps> oh. <laughs> oh my god. Audio fic, like the canon going. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. That would be so sorry. cool. Okay, sorry to like derail the conversation, no. but I like had that thought and I was like, oh my god, that's I really would cool. really be down for that. Yeah. No, but that's like the whole point of this. Um, I like said to Anna Paz, I was like, I hope I see more of this. And they were like, yeah, like I also hope that like <laughs> maybe you guys talking about it, like more people will be interested because yeah. like that would be so freaking cool. Um wow. But just all of all of their ideas that they were floating, like, there's so much possibility with made mm-hmm. for audio fic that I think is not explored and that I think would be so freaking cool to see in like other fandoms as well. Yeah. And it kind um, of feels like we're right we're like so close to like the right space for it. Right? I feel like both because media fic is huge mm-hmm. in fandom, um, whether that's fic that like is mostly prose and incorporates some pieces of sort of like made up media or if it's just entirely told through media yeah and like audio dramas have yeah. become incredibly popular say, and i feel like the sort of fiction exists yeah like i feel like there's sort of like an intersection between those where like really interesting like made for audio pod fic could happen absolutely yeah that makes me really excited about the possibilities yeah it's like it's also just like the idea of like transformative works of transformative works is like it's amazing. That I totally fuck with. Like yes. that's so cool. Absolutely. And I love too that this this specific fic was um uh Anapods talks about it in their free talk that like they had this idea and like didn't have the time to get around to it for I think the specific fest they were doing at the time, but they like mentioned it on Twitter and Calabang reached out and was like, "Hey, like do you want me to write this for you?" And Anapods was like, "Yes." Please do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that it's like a, a collaboration mm-hmm. between yeah. people. Um, I think, Nick, back to what you were saying about Podfic being sort of the purest embodiment of fandom. Like this really and represented me. you can quote me, me on that. I did. Thank you. I was, I was telling the ficlets, but <laughs> oh, you also okay. can. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think this fic is such a good representation of it. Um, in part because of like what it is. In part yeah. because it's a collaboration. Um Something I wanted to get back to that I alluded to at the beginning of this was um, how deliberate some of the audio editing is. Um, And something that I noticed upon a second or third listen um, was, so most of the voicemails are Gabe. Or, like, I think the majority of them are Gabe. Um, And there's a bit where, um, there's, there's two points that really stand out to me. One that's just, like, clever writing and one that was, like, very clever editing. Uh, first is that uh, Gabe calls and he's checking in on AJ and he's like, hey, I can order you Uber Eats like from Pittsburgh just as easily as I can from your couch. Like, mm-hmm. let me know. And the very next voicemail that EJ gets is the delivery guy who's yeah. like, hey, mm-hmm. like I'm outside. I like, can't find your house. Oh, there you are. Um, and I was like, <laughs> um, ah. phone call we've all gotten. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I just like, I was like, oh, wait, that's so fun. And that happens like right in the beginning. That's the second and third voicemails that you get. Um... And I was like, oh, okay, like, this is how this story is going to be told to me. And, like, this is how I get to see more than just Gabe checking in on EJ. Um, But later, in terms of, like, the audio editing, um, later, like, EJ, it's it's after you find out that EJ has not been calling any of his teammates back, um, where Gabe goes to EJ's house and um, he calls him and he's like, hey, it's me, like, I'm here. Um, come let me in. And then he gives him another call and he's like, I know you're home. I can see you're here. I can see that you're avoiding me. Um, yes. And we've I'll... all gotten that call. <laughs> yeah, um, man. Oof. <laughs> the captain of my team, it's just oh, brutal. Oh. My captain just oh, so nosy all the yeah, time. Yeah, he 
always like, I can see your lights are on. Like, <laughs> Turn your lights off. It's bad for the environment. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but so he's like, EJ, I'm here. You won't let me in. And then later, uh, after EJ, you get, you sort of get the implication that EJ invited Gabe over. Gabe's like, okay, I'm coming over. Like, let me in this time. And those three voicemails get deleted. Mm-hmm. Almost every other voicemail from like Gabe or from a teammate, like EJ listens to the whole thing and then he hits next. Um, so it kind of just goes into like saved or like old messages. Um, but those three get deleted and I was like, oh, like the shame maybe that EJ yeah. has, like that he was avoiding Gabe. The fact that he keeps the early ones where Gabe's checking in on him. The fact that he keeps the ones where his teammates are, like, roasting him or, like, drunk yeah. calling him. Um, but those hey, he gets rid of. a Tyson Joe's butt dial voicemail. It's an incredibly valuable commodity. Yeah. I mean, if That's I had true. a Tyson Joe's butt dial voicemail, I would keep that forever. Yeah. I would sell yeah. it on eBay. Yeah. Oh, so, fun. you know. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. Just had to make that incredibly important point. No, but I just, I, that was one of those things that stood out. It's not just that it's like clever audio editing. It's that it, the editing itself tells some of the story. Yeah. Um, Which I think ties a little bit into something Anapods talked about in their free talk uh, in the sort of like difficulties they had with this. Um, And in part they were like, so in a regular fic, in a regular pod fic, you have dialogue tags. You have things that happen in between, like, somebody just speaking. It's not just a bunch of monologuing. Um, and you don't have that here. It is literally just voicemails. And so Anapods was talking about a bunch of things of how how to convey story, but also, like, how to make it seem real. Um, so she talked about how she had to add in a bunch of, like, uhs and hmms and a bunch of pauses and even then, even after she did that, she was like, I don't know if it's enough. Um, because, like, the cadence of regular speech is not the same as, like, reading reading something off a page. But when you're reading a fic that's, like, you know, has, like, and then EJ said, or, like, has EJ do something in the middle of, like, monologuing, it helps break that up. And uh, you don't have that here, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, and not only that it, the, it you just are flowing from dialogue to dialogue to dialogue to dialogue, but also that because you know that this is a work of fanfiction that like you just there's there's an expectation that's being subverted as opposed to like in an audio drama explicitly when you're listening to something that maybe has like a series of voicemails like this or a series of audio logs or a series of recordings of something the expectation going into it is not that this is thick it's not that this was written down first even though it obviously was in a script um, I think that's something that was interesting for me to to listen to. And, like, audio's tough, man. Audio's hard. It's, like, we... I mean, the three of us at least talk a lot. But um, we... The way that we talk on the show and the way that we talk to each other off of the show is not the same way in which you are, like, reading a piece of narration. Like, when I do podfic, it's a different set of skills that you're sort of starting to exercise and grow and learn. Um... And so I think it's really interesting to hear that someone like as experienced and great as Anapods is still like struggling with different pieces of it because I thought that the fic was great. I didn't think it had pacing issues at all. So it was cool to see like the way that she was really thinking about each individual choice and what it was going to do and how that was going to impact the listening experience. It was great. Yeah, one thing I thought was really interesting about this fic is that it really like limits its scope. Mm -hmm. Um, We've sort of talked about that, but... I want to talk about sort of, like, the fact that we never get anything from EJ. Yeah. 
Like, we literally just never hear from him. Everything is context. Um, and Anapod sort of talks about it in their free talk of, like, other ways you could have approached this and could you have had someone doing like voice to text and or you could have had you had like Siri reading things and stuff like that like what are other ways of communication that aren't just voicemails and like or could you even have had like EJ's outgoing calls and stuff like that with timestamps mm-hmm. and the decision to really just make it only the voicemail box I think one is just a really interesting storytelling like format yeah but I was also sort of thinking about it in contrast to audio dramas when you were talking nick i haven't listened to a whole lot of them but i was mm-hmm. thinking to thinking about one that i have listened to which is arden i love arden. um yes very good and i was thinking about how that's a story where we are trying to like it's it's a, it's a murder mystery mm-hmm. so you know a lot of it is like the characters trying to collect clues and you're sort of hearing them figure things out and you'll get those pieces of information as the characters get them and so there's a lot of like filling in gaps and there's on the, on the writer's behalf, there's a purposeful, like, leaving of those gaps initially. There's things that we don't know at the beginning because we're going to find them out later because that's mm-hmm. the format of the story. Yeah. And I was thinking about here how, like, we have to fill in EJ's part, but there's none of that sort of, like, ooh, and I'm drawing you along so you'll listen to episode two and then you'll listen to episode yeah. three. And, like, that's not, like, a criticism of audio dramas because obviously they're totally different format. It's just something I was thinking about where it's, like, it works so well in fic because we want to fill in EJ's side. Like we want to sort of round out the story and it's, it's a story that kind of leads us to a gentle conclusion of what we can fill in. We're not trying to figure out like who murdered who and like put all (laughs) these clues together and everything like that. At least not yet. Why isn't Um, EJ responding? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the (gasps) sequel, I think. Right? Anapods hit me up. Um, (laughs) No, but like, yeah, I, I was just thinking about how, like, I don't know that this is a format I would ever see in, like, an audio drama, mm-hmm. um, and how even as all these different forms of media start to, like, intersect and how people are obviously drawing inspiration from one another, there's still things that you can kind of only do in, like, a fanfic environment. Correct. And that's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah, what are you expecting from the reader? And right, what are you expecting exactly. from the story? Those are... They're, it's the terms are different. Like anapods is not trying to keep people interested enough to like donate to an Indiegogo for season two to, yeah, to yeah, pay yeah. the actors. Yeah, like, exactly. It's different. It's different. <laughs> yeah, and it's I don't know. I really loved the fact that this podfic was fairly short. Um, that it it's it's total like. 20 some minutes but some of that includes the free talk i would say the free talk is almost half of it yeah i I think the podfic itself is like 10 to 12 minutes the rest is free talk yeah it's short and like like you said bren like the ending does not lead us to like oh like what happened when the plane crashed like that's (laughs) that's an audio drama i think descendants maybe passengers i haven't listened to it anyway (laughs) i've watched lost sure i have not seen lost i'm sorry yeah they all died, and then it, that was the finale, that they were in heaven the whole time, or purgatory, or whatever. Spoilers for Lost. Yeah. I'm actually not convinced those are correct spoilers, though, so. It, they're not incorrect. Hell yeah. But, like, we knew, like, we knew before the finale episode, the oh, whole last okay. season is, like, clearly you're in purgatory. Uh, yikes. Well, <laughs> sucks. 
Um, Anapods did not make anyway, that decision. Anapods um, put me in purgatory. Nope. We were not in purgatory at all. Um, no, it ends so open. It's fairly short. It doesn't give you a resolution, really. I really loved that. I loved how open this fic allowed itself to be. I love that the story really is just a little snapshot of EJ's life and that once we stop getting the voicemails, it's because his life is picking up in a different direction, that he's maybe able to call back more, that maybe he's able to look at a screen again. Like, it's so clever that, like, this is a piece of the story that could only be told in this way. Oh, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, this is just so good and neat. It's so, so clever. Um, I also wonder if, and I, like, in a very small part, I wonder if part of the reason that it ends so open um, is because uh, one of the author's notes, like Calabang's notes, is Mm -hmm. that it was supposed to start Jen... And then just kind of like yeah. accidentally spiraled a bit mm-hmm. into EJ game. Hey, um, developed feelings. I think with like a lot of fic, you know, like the the point is like they get together. Like that's where a lot of fics end is like mm-hmm. the definitive thing of getting together. Because this fic, like that's not the point and it never was. Like even when it evolved past Jen, yeah. it was still mm-hmm. like it's about EJ and this one moment that we get to see. Um I just, I just think that works so well, and I think that also lends to that sort of, like, open feeling of, like, yeah, this isn't, like, EJ's whole life, where it's not, like, the most mm-hmm. important thing in his life. Yeah. It's, like, we're seeing this bit of his recovery, and then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he gets better mm-hmm. and goes back to practice, and, like, maybe things are super weird with Gabe, or maybe they're not, or, or maybe they're maybe. just friends. Or maybe it's a murder mystery. Exactly. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. Murder horns. Murder base. Murder base. Gosh. Yeah. More positive slanting open endings 2020. That's yes. my request. Yeah. I just thought this was such a different experience than I normally have with fic. I thought it was so clever. Um, as we said, the audio editing, impeccable. Um, as people who sometimes use some audio editing, Anapods, just the utmost respect yes. uh, for you and what you've done. Um, and also, hey, this is my petition to any ficlets listening. Like, make some made-for-audio stuff. Yes. Like, I want to see it in more fandoms. Just I, do it. I think it's Audacity's very cool. Audacity is free. Audacity is free. Um, and hard to use. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll Please, teach you. Brenna. That's part of our Patreon. Brenna's got Jerry's Jerry 101 and you oh, have that's true, that's true. Audacity 101. I have Audacity 101, but I'm also going to be rolling out um, having your story end sadly 101. Those <laughs> yes. are my two. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, um, very fair. But yeah, I just thought this was such a fun fic. It was so well executed. Um, and I hope that maybe for those of you who are not usually as inclined to listen to podfic, maybe this will inspire you to do so, um, or at least to start, you know, maybe it just makes you think about different ways that fic and, uh, fan works can exist. Thank you so much once again for joining us for another episode. Yay! Um, we have a small little thing to announce. Um, we have a FitClick AO3 account. Woo! Woo! AO3 user FitClick, baby! Hell yeah! <laughs> it's official! It's us! Um, we will not be posting any fic on it. No. Uh, yeah. what we will... Oh. Well! Sorry. <laughs> Maybe we in the will. future. Well, probably not I ever. just wanted to keep it open. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe. Um, what we will be doing with this is, um, we're gonna go back and we're gonna bookmark every fic that we have talked about on the pod, 
Um, and like comment on the ones that we didn't because yeah. we realized that recently and that's yeah. awful. Um, you know, leave some we're comments. We're coming for you, authors. This is going to be a work in progress, but um, our goal is that every fic that we bookmark in the notes of the bookmark will have like what episode it's in, um, a timestamp of like what when that specific discussion is, mm-hmm. um, who picked it, that sort of thing. So and the additional content warnings that we had that were not tagged directly onto the fic. Mm-hmm. So if you are like, hey, I would love like a quick convenient place to sort of see like what the fic like hosts have done in the past, um, check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but please don't, don't expect fic coming from it anytime soon. It's <laughs> probably not going to happen. Uh-uh. Um, but yeah, we just, some people have reached out and said like, hey, it'd be cool if you like had a, uh, a place where I could see everything you've done before. Mm-hmm. So that's where we'll be doing that. We, we heard you, ficlets. We and we're you. taking action. Yeah. Asked and answered. <laughs> Um, in addition to our brand new AO3 account, you can find us on our usual social medias. So that's FitClick at Twitter and FitClick on Tumblr. Um, you can also email us if you ever have any reason to email us. We exist at FitClickPod at gmail.com. Business inquiries or personal inquiries. Yeah. Or just like if you don't have other social media but you want to chat with us, like yes. send us an email. We'd we'll, love to we'll hear from you. We'll chat back. Um, if you are listening to this right now on some kind of podcast hosting application, which you probably are. I'd be um, very likely. impressed if you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Torrenting like or something. Yes, exactly. It's free. Um, it'd be great if you could subscribe and it would be great if you wanted to leave us a review. Wow. Um, they really make our day and they really help us get seen out there in the world of podcasts. So we're super appreciative of it. Um, if you have a moment and you want to hit us up. It'd be cool. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Yeah, other than that, we'll be moving on to our next episode, which comes out March 27th. Um, Just a good old, regular, old-fashioned fit click episode. Just getting back into the swing of spring, as I like to say. Yeah, yeah. Nick, why don't you pick us off? What's your pick for next week? Oh yeah, we're going to be talking about fic on this next episode, Mm -hmm. so look forward to it. My pick is called Come to Grips with a Sky That is Gaping. It's on AO3. It's by an orphan account. So uh, the author has abandoned this fic, but that's fine because it's still online. So we're excited about that. (laughs) Um, The fandom is American Girls, Kit, various authors. So I'm really excited. I know I I always bring like really huge fandoms. So I know all of you American Girl fans out there, like, please calm down. I can hear the shrieking. Um, no, I'm really excited, though. I actually really love this fic. Um, the relationship is Kit-Ruthie, if you're familiar at all with American Girl lore. This, like, <laughs> this is just so wild for me. <laughs> Kit was my favorite American girl growing up. I also worked in an American Girl doll <laughs> store. This is for you. So I'm just like, my brain is being blown right now. Yeah. Uh, it's about 4,000 words, quick read, very lovely, excited to discuss. Bren? Yeah. Mine is called 15 Men in September by Ballantine. It's a black sales fic. Um, it sticks pretty, like, canon divergent, and I'm really excited about it. This is a fandom I love so much, and I'm excited to get a chance to talk about why I love it. Yay! Read what's yours. My pick is Worldwide Lonesome by Loin Dexter. Um, it's a BTS fic. It is Kim Sook-jin, Min Yoongi, um... Brent, if I'm not mistaken, this was on your top fix of the decade. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I'm holding back, like, a small shriek right now. <laughs> we have, uh, obviously all read this fic, really, really adore it. Um, 
oh gosh, Ficklets, I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, yeah. So good. It's so very, very good. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that very exciting episode. Yeah, we've never said it before, but like, this is going to be a good one. Oh, yes. <laughs> featuring only the biggest of fandoms across the board. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Fit Click. We had a really great time recording it. Um, I think maybe this podcast is good, actually. Maybe we can maybe we can keep it going and not just branch off into our solo pods. For yeah. now. Well, we're going to continue developing our ideas, but I think for now. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like the winning one. We'll, we'll keep with Fit Click. Uh, we love you all very much. We appreciate you. Go forth, read some good fic, and tell us about it. And have a great two weeks until we hear you again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>